Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Welcome to the beauty of our Catholic heritage. Our host is Father Jacob Shea, a Norbertine father of St. Michael's Abbey in Orange County, California. Father Shea has a great love for our church's heritage. The beauty of our Catholic heritage with Father Jacob Shea. Welcome back to the beauty of our Catholic heritage with Father Jacob on Spirit-Filled Radio. Today, let us speak about the Immaculate Heart of Mary and devotion to Mary. Let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady, seat of wisdom, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, again, let us speak about devotion to Mary, especially with regards to her Immaculate Heart. Now, there are some important things that all Catholics should know, and we prayed at the beginning, Our Lady Seat of Wisdom, pray for us. So there are some titles that every Catholic should know. And so here we call Our Lady the Seat of Wisdom, right, because our Lord, who is wisdom itself, right, is enthroned on the lap of Our Lady. And so here is a beautiful, beautiful image that Our Lady, who is queen, right, she has Our Lord, who is wisdom incarnate, sitting upon her, which is the throne of wisdom. And here the throne also is a symbol of, of course, majesty, but it also receives the one who is sitting upon the throne. And so Our Lady perfectly receives everything, all the graces that come from the font of grace himself, who is Jesus. And so this is a beautiful title of Our Lady that every single Catholic should know. So if we say, Sedes Sapiencie, or Seat of Wisdom, or Holy Seat of Wisdom, pray for us. That is a beautiful title of Our Lady. Seat of Wisdom, pray for us. So today we will speak about Our Lady's Immaculate Heart and how necessary it is to have great devotion to Our Lady's Immaculate Heart. First, let us speak in general about devotion to Mary. And here we have a kind of a reputation, which is not really founded on anything really substantial, but we have a reputation as Catholics to worship Mary. And so here we have to in we have to make sure that we understand how we honor Mary. So here there is a very important theological distinction that we offer what is called latria or worship 
to God alone. And here, obviously, God is infinite. Only God is infinite. Our Lady is not infinite. She is a creature. And so we only offer Latria or worship to God. This is very, very clear in St. Thomas as well as in the Fathers of the Church. And so when other people or Protestants will say, oh, you worship Mary, you worship Mary, it's very important to understand that we don't. We worship God alone because God is infinite and we honor Mary. And so in Catholic theology, we offer Mary and the saints what is called dulia or honor. Just like you honor your parents, that's what it says in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt honor your parents, right? Honor thy father and mother. Here we honor the mother of God. And we honor also the saints who help us a lot. And so to honor somebody is not to worship them as God, but to give them what is their due because they help us a lot. And when we compare the honor given to Our Lady and the honor given to saints, we make a further distinction and we say that we offer the saints dulia, but we offer Our Lady what is called hyperdulia. And here, this is, of course, the highest of all honor that we can give to creatures is given to Our Lady because she is the mother of God. And so we also have to think about why do we get that kind of reputation that we worship Mary? This is a very interesting question. And I was discussing this with one of my students. And my student said that when Protestants worship, you have to think of how they worship. And this is very important historically, talking about the beauty of our Catholic heritage. So when Martin Luther, as well as the first, I could say, you know, Calvin, and Calvin himself, and all of those who tried to quote-unquote reform the church, but actually revolted against the church, what they did was they simplified everything. So they took the corpus, the body of Jesus, off of the cross, right? So now you just have bare crosses. And if you go to a Calvary chapel, you go to a Protestant church, they'll just have the cross, right? They won't have a crucifix. And here you see that their music, right, is greatly simplified and we have the birth of the protestant hymn which is sung in complete unison (laughs) there's no part singing or harmony that's really emphasized but everybody sings the same line and you have the disappearance of latin Instead, you have the vernacular or whatever language that the country speaks. And you have a lot of whitewashing of churches, like literally. If you go to some of the churches in Europe, you'll see in the Protestant churches that they basically just kind of whitewashed everything and took away a lot of the color and took away the statues and they really stripped it down very bare. And so here, the worship of the Protestants became, you can say, very stripped down, even with regards to the music and as with regards to visuals. And here, what they came to focus on was just faith alone. And so everything was basically invisible and you're just doing faith alone. This is exactly what Luther said, that we're saved by faith alone and not by works. 
And so the emphasis on worship was just pure faith, right? And you had very little stimulus coming from the senses in order to aid your faith because you just wanted this pure act of faith by which you're saved by your personal Savior, Jesus Christ. And so here, when the Protestant culture kind of grows around this new kind of worship, which is not at all the way that the apostles or the Jews worship. It's very important to realize that here we must see that when the Protestants look at Catholic veneration towards Mary, they see that and they see something which is super amazing, super beautiful, very different than what they're used to. So again, they see that they just need the pure act of faith, but then we have Mary on a huge float decorated with flowers. Like if you've been to Fatima, you know, her beautiful statue, flowers everywhere, you know, and people are throwing flower petals, you know, from the balconies for her. They're holding candles. They're doing every possible thing, putting a fresh garland uh, a fresh crown of flowers on her head. And so when your Protestant sees this, especially after you know hundreds of years after Martin Luther, and then hundreds of years where their worship was so bare, and then they're just concentrating on the act of faith, then they see our devotion to Mary, and they see our veneration of Our Lady done with every single ounce of energy possible, every single thing that we try to think of to beautify our mother. Just like, you know, you don't want to just give you your mother like a blah Mother's Day gift, right? You want to give her the best that you can because you offer you want to offer the best because she's given you life. And so with Our Lady too, this is a natural devotion that we have to give her the most beautiful things. You know, give her the most beautiful art, give her the most beautiful music, etc. And of course, all in the spirit of veneration, obviously not worship. And so we're used to, obviously, giving Our Lady the best. And even in Catholic worship, we do make a distinction. For example, when we incense the Blessed Sacrament, we have three swings, right, of three sets. Yeah, at least in the Norbertine tradition, you would incense the Blessed Sacrament with one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three swings, right? And that was only afforded to the Blessed Sacrament. And so Our Lady wouldn't get three sets of three swings. And so even in our worship, right, we do incense statues of Our Lady, but we make a distinction in the number of swings that we do to Our Lady or to the Blessed Sacrament, who is God right there. And so even in our worship, we have that distinction, but still we don't shy away from giving her her due honor. And so when we offer her due honor, right, every honor that she is due, right, when the Protestants see this, they immediately translate it as worship when it's not. And so because they're so not used to this beautiful way of uh, really veneration and using the senses and things like that, it looks like worship to them when it's not. And so you can kind of understand why the Protestants say, oh, you worship Mary, you worship Mary. Well, no, we just offer her the most beautiful veneration that's humanly possible for all the things that she's done for us. Then you realize, too, I have to really understand what Our Lady has done for us. You have to think, what has Mary done for the human race? What has she done for me? What has she done for my family? And when you start to understand Our Lady's role in the entire universe, you 
come to the conclusion that you have to offer her the highest veneration, right? Not worship, right? But the highest veneration that is due to her. Otherwise, you would be dishonoring her. And so, what has Mary done? Well, she is the mother of God, and without her, yes, there would be no sacred heart of Jesus. <laughs> without her, yes, there would be no sacraments. Without her, yes, there would be no crucifixion, right? There's no salvation of man, right, except through Our Lady's yes. That's how Jesus was incarnated in her womb, because she said yes, her fiat at the Annunciation. And so because of her love for God and her yes, right, we have Jesus. This is why she is called the mother of the Eucharist and the mother of the church. These are true titles, and we really have to be thankful, and she gets a lot of honor because of that. Our Lady also, if you think about this, right, if our Lord, who is the font of grace, is born through her, right, so she gives the human nature of Christ to him. That means that the Immaculate Heart gives the human nature, right, to the Sacred Heart, right? In other words, we wouldn't have a Sacred Heart of Jesus without the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Right? The human nature of Christ comes from the human nature of Our Lady, right? The flesh of Christ comes from the flesh of Our Lady. The blood of Christ, right, is going to come from the blood of Our Lady. This is very important to realize. Then you're going to realize that all grace, because Christ is the font of grace, okay? All grace will have to come through Our Lady. Even Christ, right, coming through her womb, right, is born into the world, right? So the font of all grace is born through her, right? Here we have to see that, therefore, she is the mediatrix of all graces. And this was celebrated even liturgically. If the font of all grace comes through her, then she is the mediatrix of all graces. Obviously, the first cause of grace is Jesus, the first cause of grace, of course, is the Trinity. Then you have in order, right, next, right, the human nature of Christ is going to be the next highest cause. And then after that is going to be Our Lady, the Mediatrix of all graces. Then how do those graces come through her hands to us? Well, they come through her hands with the help of the holy angels. And so the angels are preparing the way for us to receive grace. We don't realize how much we get from them, right? They are our best friends. And so here, Our Lady gives grace to us, but also with the help of the angels who she orchestrates in the entire world. So she is taking care of all the angels in this entire world. They are listening to all her commands. And so she is doing all of this for us. She never ever sleeps right now. She's in heaven. Obviously, she doesn't sleep and she's doing this constantly for us. She is always active and interceding for us so that we can go to heaven. That's what she wants. She wants us to be with her and her son forever. And so she's constantly doing this. Anything good that happens in this world at all, anything good that happens in this world is going to happen through her intercession and her work because she's the mediatrix of all graces. And so when you start to think of everything good coming through her hands with the help of the angels, she's the queen of all angels, we have a lot 
of thanks to give to her. A lot of gratitude. You cannot give enough roses to Our Lady. You cannot think of enough praises to sing. For example, in the Litany of Loretto, right? We should be multiplying that constantly and saying it constantly. All these names, mystical rose, Ark of the Covenant, Tower of David, Tower of Ivory, Queen of Martyrs, Queen of Virgins, all of these names, right? They're just coming out because there's nothing right that we can do to describe her beauty enough for all that she's done because god wants so much to be done through our lady and so here when we think about the devotion to the immaculate heart there is no limit basically in what we need to do in order to honor the immaculate heart of our lady the heart is a symbol of love and she is filled with overflowing love for her children that she wants to bring to the sacred heart of jesus and she's doing this constantly 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 and even if we spurn her even if we defame her even if we are indifferent to her we don't pray her rosary or even worse you know we think that you know she's useless or you know god forbid you know we think that you know she has no role right some people don't even know about mary right here she continuously goes after us like a beautiful mother that never gives up on her children think of the parable of the lost coin right there's a 10 lost coin or there's 10 coins and one of them is lost and the beautiful parable of the 10 the 10 coins and one of them is lost you have a woman who turns over every piece of furniture in the house in order to look for the one lost coin and that represents the church but it also represents mary she never ever gives up on us no matter what there's many beautiful stories if you've never ever read the glories of mary by saint alphonsus de Gore, you should read that it's just he tried to get every single story of our lady so that he could give her the most glory that he could right so many things that she has done for example there is a beautiful story of a suicide and here this man jumped off a bridge and committed suicide and the mother of the man was so distraught he said she said i don't know if he is going to hell or not probably he's going to hell right i need to know that my son was not lost and then it was revealed to her that her son was not lost that he was in purgatory and then she asked, how is this possible? He committed suicide, right? He was despairing and he just jumped off the bridge. And it was revealed to her that because one time during his life, even though he was against religion, he was against everything with regards to the church, there was one time in his life, only one time, where he looked for a second with devotion at the statue of Our Lady. Just one second. And for that, she gave him the grace that of course came from jesus first right so jesus gave him the grace through the hands of our lady to make an act of contrition before he hit the water and so he was saved in that act of contrition before he hit the water and through that right he made it into purgatory and so here just one glance at our lady we can see is so powerful why would we not spend all of her feasts right the assumption right the visitation right all of the feasts of our lady the annunciation march 25th we spend all of our 
energy is trying to make her feast days the most beautiful things, right? May is her month. We must teach our children how to be devoted to Our Lady, and especially devoted to the Rosary. And especially, of course, now thinking about the Immaculate Heart of Our Lady. So there's so much honor due to Our Lady, and yet we do not do it enough, or we are indifferent, or we treat her like trash, and we just do not even acknowledge her during the day. How many people in this world, even Catholics themselves, go throughout the day without really acknowledging Mary and her power and her beauty and her love for us? We might say Hail Mary, even if we do say it, right? You wonder how many people even say one Hail Mary a day? This is a very scary question. And she really, if you think about it, right, she, if God is the center of the universe, but in a way she is also because wherever he is, right, she's there too. And so she's really, if you think about it, right, right there at the center of the universe because her son is there and she's never separate from her son. She's the center of history in a way because her son is the center of history and she's always with her son. If you think about the most important events in history, she is always there. She's always there. So, for example, Fatima, you have Lourdes, you have La Salette, you have Akita. These are the modern uh, apparitions, etc., and you have all, of course, Our Lady of Guadalupe was in a very, very important juncture of history when there was, of course, the Protestant revolt. But then Our Lady brought in through her miraculous power, right, all of the indigenous the people there, the Aztecs, millions of them. And so always in these important junctures of history, Our Lady has been there and the the saints are only saints because they were devoted to Our Lady, right? No one became a great saint if they were not devoted to Our Lady. And so here we have to see that she is due so much honor, right? And every time um, we sin, anytime we do something which is contrary to God, not only does this hurt the heart of our Lord, but it also hurts the heart of Our Lady because she does everything for us constantly and we still treat her like trash basically. And here this is why the Immaculate Heart is crowned with thorns and she has bled for us in sorrow because we have not loved her as we should. We have not lived lives free from sin but we have lived lives for ourselves instead of for the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And so we must indeed make reparation. We have to make up for the sins committed against her Immaculate Heart. We have done so little as the human race to make up for the sins committed against her Immaculate Heart. There are countless sins in this world. And yes, we have to make it up. Right? This is very important. A lot of people do not even have this mindset. And even more than that, we have to make it up to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, but also to this Immaculate Heart of Mary. People just kind of cut that out. They don't realize, yes, okay, I, I've offended God. I have to make it up to God. But you don't realize because Our Lady is inputted essentially into the economy of salvation. We also must see that we have to make up for our sins committed against her Immaculate Heart. This is not an option. We have to do it. And so here, 
this is only fitting that, you know, if you've offended your mother, you better make up for your sins against your mother. And here we cannot even begin to imagine the enormous quantity and even the enormous quality of sins right, that are committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary for everything that she's done constantly, never giving up on us, even if we committed the most heinous sins. And a lot of people are still doing that. We are still doing that. And yet she never gives up. And yet we don't make up for anything. And so here we must really foster this devotion. Right? We must make reparation to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. This is how we show our love. So how do we do this? We, of course, must make the five first Saturdays devotion. And we must be very devoted to Our Lady of Fatima. This is so important. This is the greatest apparition, greatest modern apparition of Our Lady. In 1917, obviously, Our Lady appeared to the three seers, Sister Lucia, Saint Jacinta, Saint Francisco. And here we can really learn what it is to have devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And so with Saint Jacinta, we must indeed say how I love the Immaculate Heart of Mary. We have to have this in our spirituality. We must really, when we pray, we want to console the heart of Our Lady. We want to make up for all the sins and all of our indifference, all of our coldness that we've done to the Queen of Heaven who never ever gives up on us. And so here we must indeed revive this great devotion and tell everybody about it. We must indeed revive this devotion and spread it to the ends of the earth with great love and great fire because we must, we must give the honor due to Mary. We have no choice, right? It will be given to her in the end, no matter what. So we have to start now. In the end, everybody will honor Our Lady, right? Whether you're in hell or in heaven, right? Everybody will give her her due honor, which will be amazing beyond belief as we look upon her and her beauty. And so we must start now. We can't just save it for later. We must start now. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to The Beauty of Our Catholic Heritage with Father Jacob Shea. If this program has been a blessing to you, please encourage others to listen as well. For more information, visit spiritfilledhearts.org. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. May God be with you this day and always. of inspiration from Deacon Steve Greco, the founder and president of Spirit-Filled Radio. Some theologians believe that you will be asked one question when you get to heaven. The one question is, who did you bring with you? Who did you bring with you? For more, come find us at spiritfilledmedia.org. That's spiritfilledmedia.org. Listening to the Spirit Filled Radio Network. Caution your life will never be the same.
If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.